Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip, and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Your baby's in your arms and the amazing manic whirlwind that is motherhood has begun. It's unlikely that sex is top of your priority list straight away or for a little while until it is and then begins a rush to seek contraception. You're extremely fertile when you've had a baby and most parents try to leave a little gap between children. A period of recovery is often also recommended for women as birth really is a massive ordeal on your body. But what contraception can you start post-birth? When can you start it? What is safe with breastfeeding? And what side effects of contraception can we expect? This week, I'm joined by Dr. Helen Lowell an NHS doctor currently working in contraception and sexual health. She's an established media health expert and TV presenter. And in 2018, Helen also trained as a health coach to support people to create healthier eating habits and to unlock the happiness in their lives. So welcome, Helen. You are a very busy lady. So thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Almost as busy as you, Pip, by the sound of our chat before. <laughs> well, passionate women, what can we do? We just have to fill, fill all the hours, don't we, with the stuff we love? Absolutely. So thank you, because I think this topic, Helen, is a little bit taboo and unspoken about. And I know as a midwife, when I, when I approach this kind of conversation with women, they've literally just had their babies. So it's a little bit like, yeah, 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 I'm not listening to you because I've just had a baby and sex is like a million miles away from what I'm even considering. So I kind of always feel like there's this big gap because as much as we try and give some information, it just isn't the most appropriate time. And then all of a sudden women are discharged and then a few weeks, months down the line, we're like, oh, well, what do we do? I kind of wish I'd listened now when I was trying to latch my baby to the breast and get up for my first wee and all of that kind of stuff. So I think this is going to be really, really valuable for women to listen to. But I wanted to kick off with once you have had a baby, and as we alluded to, you know, lots of lots of people may wish to have a gap or be recommended to have a gap. 
But how soon can you actually get pregnant after having a baby? Because I think that really sets the scene for why this topic is so important. Yeah, that's a great place to start, definitely. And I think in, in terms of when you decide to have your next baby, it's personal choice and some advice is to leave a gap of 12 to 18 months. But it really just depends on your personal choice, how um, many medical problems you've had during your pregnancy, how traumatic the birth was and your personal circumstances and your setup at home. But in terms of how soon can you actually get pregnant, any time from 21 days. Um, so from three weeks after you could potentially get pregnant. And obviously, as time goes by, the fertility then increases, the chances increase of getting pregnant. That's if you're not 100% breastfeeding. So that's if you're not using the lactational and amenorrhea method. Um, yeah, so it can happen that soon. And like you say, in those first few days and weeks, I remember it's not that it didn't seem that long ago. The last thing you're thinking about is having sex because any spare time you do have, you just want to sleep or do the washing up or, you know, put another laundry load in. And then it gets to the point where I guess when you start to feel that you're ready and then you don't feel like you have that much time to sort it out. So I think it's useful to think about it before baby arrives and maybe ask some questions about it, then have a rough idea in your mind of which method you may like. And of course, um, in the postnatal period, when you're actually still on labor ward or, um, before you're discharged um like you say the midwives might might try to speak to you about it but are you really listening you know you've got other priorities at the time so um in that case it would be a case of seeing a gp once you get home yeah definitely and it's something that i think if we like you say if we plan for for it as much as we plan for filling our freezer with food and things like that postnatally actually it just takes another decision out of the way which you just sometimes as a new mum the thought of having to process more information or make another choice when you are so tired and learning this whole new kind of role and identity can feel a little bit overwhelming. So having done some of that prior research is, is a really valuable tip. You sort of mentioned there um, breastfeeding and that sort of linking into contraception. What is the truth around that? Should we rely on it? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this early on because it is really important because I think there's a lot of sort of myths out there around this. So if you are 100% breastfeeding, so you're not expressing, you're not uh, bottle feeding as well as breastfeeding, and you're within six months after baby's been born and your periods haven't come back, then you some women do choose to rely on that. And that's known as the lactational amenorrhea method or LAM. And that's got a failure rate of around 2%. So other typical methods would have a failure rate of around 1%. So it's it's fairly effective, really, if you think about it. But there are some caveats with that. If you are going longer than four hours between breastfeeds during the day, it becomes less effective. If the night feeds are stretching out um, and you're going longer than six hours at night, it becomes less effective. If you're giving baby a dummy or like I say, expressing or topping up with other things, it then becomes less effective as time goes by. 
But for some women, it may suit them quite well in the first six months. Um, whereas other women, women may go, I absolutely don't want a baby in the first six months. I, I need something that's 99% effective, not 98% effective. Um, yeah. No, that's really helpful. Too. And I guess it's, again, if you are someone who's finding, oh my goodness, it's suddenly becoming really stressful or overwhelming to think about when was my last feed and do I now need to be concerned that actually that that's a less effective form of contraception for me, then it's probably worth having a chat with your GP, isn't it, to explore what else you can use to to kind of take that pressure off. We need lots of pressure taken off yeah. as new mums. Yeah, and I guess if you're using that method of the breastfeeding alongside condoms or you're using the fertility awareness method, also known as the natural family planning method, mm-hmm. then actually that's going to give you some extra reassurance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and let allow you to be in control, which is which is one of the beauties, isn't it, of women's health is that we can we can control when we when we do want to be trying to conceive. Um, is there a recommended window of time to wait between a birth and a pregnancy? Now, I know you sort of said that 12 to 18 months, but I guess there's so many variables isn't there for each individual within within that kind of time frame. Yeah, like I said, it would very much depend on whether you'd had a traumatic cesarean section, um, how you're feeling mentally and emotionally, you know. Um, but they do say if you get pregnant too soon, that can increase the chance of complications. But I really don't want to worry anyone or make anyone feel anxious who might be pregnant um, after having a baby recently. Um, I'd be really interested to know what you guys say as midwives to to patients as you're discharging them off into the into the world. Into the ethos. Yeah. Again, the same kind of guidance, but it, it does depend on each woman. And like you say, for, for some women, they may have an unplanned pregnancy in that within that time frame and what we don't want to do is then make them feel like their pregnancy is all of a sudden really high risk because that's absolutely not the case mm-hmm. in the same way you know women that haven't ever had a baby before so many things crop up every pregnancy journey is so individual that I think it's really important that we always steer clear of kind of blanket rules when it comes to labeling different pregnancies um and everyone recovers different don't they you know we could all have a cut on our arm and it would completely recover at different time scales and birth does cause injury and damage to our body and everyone is gonna recover from that in a completely unique way so in the same way that someone's body a couple of months post birth may maybe maybe gray and they may feel ready psychologically and physically other people it'll be years and years and years and and that's absolutely fine there is essentially there is just no normal is there we're all beautifully unique absolutely and the same applies for contraception really when thinking about contraception you know we're going to be discussing all the different options you have but actually it's going to very much depend on your personal health your circumstances you know what your blood pressure is if you smoke if you have any medical problems if you take medication so yeah it really is about you and your unique body and your unique set of personal circumstances and health yeah oh, i love i love that we're all so different it just sort of makes life exciting it's great it's great so contraception options now this is a massive question for me to throw to you but it's probably what everyone listening is wanting to know so what are options that are suitable for the postnatal woman in terms of contraception yeah there's loads i mean which is great which is great yeah this is exactly it's great that there's so many different options hopefully it means that um your listeners can find something that suits them um it very much depends on timing if you're breastfeeding and a few other factors um in terms of contraception that you can start at any time after you've given birth in most circumstances um that would be the implant um the progesterone only pill 
and the injection. So they're all what we call progesterone only methods. So they have the progesterone hormone in them. Um, so they're safe in that situation if you've had a baby. And of course, remember, it will depend on various things to do with your medical history and um, whoever you're seeing, the GP, the nurse, the sexual health family planning clinic, they will go through um, any risk factors you might have and advise you on whether it's safe for your unique body. Um, the other option is, of course, the coil. Um, and I see, I do coil clinics. That's what I do. I did one just at the weekend. And actually I saw probably three women who'd recently had a baby in the last, um, eight to 12 weeks who were coming in because they wanted a coil mm -hmm. also known as the IUD, the copper IUD or the hormone IUD. Um, and that can be a great option for women as well. Um, in terms of timing for that, they can have that fitted within 48 hours of birth. I know that some obstetric departments will offer that to women before they go home, which I think is fabulous if they do that in your area. One less thing to think about. Um, or 28 days after baby's been born. So there is a period of time in between where we would avoid fitting it. And um, so that's another great option, um, either the copper or the hormone method. Um, and then moving on to the combined um, contraceptive option. So when we talk about combined contraception, we mean contraceptions which have both estrogen and progesterone in them. And that addition of estrogen means that we have some extra considerations. And of course, we're talking about the pill, but also the patch and the ring in this instance. So what we say is if you're breastfeeding um, and you want to take the combined pill, patch or ring uh, with the estrogen in, you have to wait for at least six weeks till it's safe to start. If you're not breastfeeding, you should wait 21 days. Um, and if you um, have certain risk factors for blood clots, we know that the combined pill can increase your risk factors for blood clots, that's clots in the legs and the lungs. And we also know in the period after giving birth, you can be a bit more high risk for those. So for example, if you've had a cesarean section, if you're quite immobile because you're not able to walk or, or move as much, um, if you smoke, if you've had preeclampsia or if you've had a big bleed after you've had your baby, then in those situations, we would normally say to avoid uh, the combined contraceptive pill. Um, yeah, so those those would be the common methods. There's also condoms, female condoms and diaphragms and caps as well, which can also be used. So loads of options available to us, but it's, I guess, just having that, having that information, those timescales. So for anyone who needs to listen, just rewind that back and listen to that again, which will help with the, which will help with the planning and, and then sort of thinking about, okay, when do I need an appointment if I'm, if I'm going to go on this type of contraception or this type of contraception? Um, can I ask Helen, why that, that window between the coils? So either very soon or that was it 21 days later, what's the reason for not doing it in between time? Yeah, well, if you think about um, the IUD, it's a little device that goes in up through the vagina, in through the opening of the cervix and sits in the womb. And after you've given birth, your womb is um, very soft, especially if you're breastfeeding. Um, and so there's that period of time where there may be an increased risk of what we call perforation. So of it um, going through the lining of the womb when we insert it. So it's just about managing those risks and keeping those risks uh, right down and keeping you safe. No, that's really helpful, I think, for people to understand, because sometimes you think, well, why? Surely it's OK if I just have it a little bit early. But actually, it's for, for the best interests of your body. And we don't want extra injuries um, postnatally. Um, in terms of breastfeeding mums, is there anything that's contraindicated, Helen, or is it just a case of adjusting the timescales because of that oestrogen? 
Yeah, so the combined pill um, would be the one to sort of double check on. Um, so if you're um, within six weeks of giving birth and you're breastfeeding, we would normally say to avoid the combined contraceptive pill or patch or ring. Um, but actually, there's not much evidence in this area. There's not much evidence on the effect that the estrogen hormone has on breastfeeding. Um, but the evidence that is out there suggests that there are no adverse effects on either the actual process of breastfeeding and the milk production and on baby, so baby's growth, for example, and development. Um, so we do think it is safe, but to wait until six weeks, if that is the method, your chosen method, you could, of course, start the progesterone only pill in the meantime. I guess the advantage of the combined contraception is that you can actually control whether you have a period or not. So you can try cyclic your pill packets back to back so that you actually don't have a period for uh, a few months, which it might be the last thing you want to have to deal with after you've um, given birth. So that's the benefit of the combined pill over the progesterone only pill. The progesterone only pill, you can, in some women do have no periods at all, but other women may find they get more irregular bleeding. It's a bit more unpredictable, which can sometimes be annoying. Mm, yeah, definitely. And again, it's, it's where it comes down to that personal choice, isn't it? But it's great that there are so many options available. In terms of access, so I know that working um, on a labour ward in the NHS is that sometimes, and it's a bit of a Monday to Friday service, um, there may be someone from a sexual health um, kind of umbrella of the hospital that comes to the postnatal ward and speaks to women about contraception and may be able to do things like putting in implants or talking about options um prescribing pills etc at that point which is great isn't it it makes life so much easier for everybody and you can answer answer those questions in a, in a bit of a less rushed environment but for women that perhaps that isn't available or they give birth on a saturday <laughs> or overnight um yeah. and that and that service isn't around where can they access contraception, Helen? What are their options or access conversations with professionals about what might be best for them? Yeah, so um, I've been really pleased to see that over the past sort of months and up to a year, there's extra services for contraception available. So there certainly is in, in our area in Leeds. So we now are offering Saturday clinics. So these are called the extended access services or um, in our area, it's called the GP Confederation or the GP Hub. So some GP surgeries will have access to weekend clinics for contraception. In our area, that's specifically implants and coils. But absolutely, you would be able to have a conversation about any method that you wanted. Um, so again, that would be a case of going through your GP. Then there's going directly to your GP and asking to speak to either the GP or the practice nurse to access that. Um, and then the other place would be uh, sexual health or family planning or contraception clinics. Um, uh, that's where I work. So our service, um, actually, we do sexual health and contraception alongside each other. Um, and we, you know, that's we'd be more than happy to see women who want to access that service. Um, so there are loads of places that women can go. I'm aware that the NHS is super busy and it can be difficult to get through on the phone first of all let alone then when you get through on the phone getting an appointment mm. so in the meantime if you wanted to look up some information and do your research so you can be a bit more prepared and um, then there are some great web websites there's the nhs one of course <coughs> excuse me so if you want to be a bit more prepared and look up what your options are ahead of going in for your appointment, there are some great options. There's the NHS website, of course. There's also Brooke and SexWise. So on there, there'll be a list of all the different methods that we've discussed. 
and you can maybe read up and get a rough idea of which one you like. Um, the progesterone only pill is actually available from some pharmacists now as well. So without the need to see a doctor or a nurse before and without the need for a prescription, that does come at a small cost of, I think it's under £10 a month for that. So that could be something you could do to bridge a gap if there were long wait times. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there'll be enough options there that mean you can actually, once you've decided and you've got your head around it and you've got the time, that you can actually access what you need. Yeah, that's really handy, isn't it? And like I say, being able to read some information is really helpful, especially when you are sleep deprived and tired. And it might be that actually 2am is the best time to look up that information. (laughs) And, you know, with the best one in the world, your GP isn't going to be offering you an appointment at that time. So actually, it can be really handy to kind of have that beforehand. And it allows you to sort of think about questions to ask then as well, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? So you can go to that appointment, really making sure you make an informed choice that's that's right for you. Mm, absolutely you are a fountain of knowledge on contraception (laughs) Helen thank Thank you so much I'm really really grateful for allowing us to pick your brains and I hope that that's really reassuring for anyone listening who is pregnant or in that postnatal period that's thinking oh my goodness I don't know what to do and I think despite contraception perhaps to you and I not feeling like a taboo subject I know for lots of women it does still feel like something they don't want to talk to their mum and their friends and their colleagues about. So hopefully we've bridged that gap today and allow people to open up and ask those important questions um, because women's health needs us to do more of that, I think. It absolutely does. And thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about this important subject. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. Oh, thank you, Helen. You enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Take care. Bye. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor if you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now? It makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon.